What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 310 on Now You Know. And you know, we're brought to you by our awesome Patreon patrons. These are the people who help bring you independent news every week because they went over to patreon.com slash now, you know, and they signed up for at least the buck a month perk where you can see all of our Patreon bonus stories. So go check it out. And this week's episode is sponsored by Blinkist. I just started blinking. Is that a word? Uh, the nine books from Elon Musk's reading list. Wait, what? Now, you've probably heard us tell you about Blinks before. Right. You can think of a Blink as a condensed book. It's so short that you can either just read it or listen to it in less than 15 minutes. Right. So Blink put together nine books that Elon has tweeted about, like Walter Isaacson's Steve Jobs. Uh, Walter Isaacson happens to be a Patreon of ours, by the way. Uh, so let me see what's on the list. This way I can check out Blinks of these nine books and see which ones interest me. That's great because I've got so much to do in my life. There's so <laughs> many books out there. How am I supposed to find the ones I'm interested in? Yeah. Blinks let you quickly see if you're interested in the topic. Exactly. In the time it would take me to just get through like one regular book, I can absorb the key ideas in a blink and then go read or listen to more if I find that person or topic super interesting. With Blinkist, you have access to over 3000 titles, even when you're offline. And Blinkist also offers full length audiobooks. Premium subscribers get special member pricing up to 65% off the regular retail price. The first 100 people to use our link are going to get unlimited access for one week to try out Blinkist. You'll also get 25% off if you want to try the full membership. And the seven-day trial is completely free. You can cancel it anytime during that period. So if you've been following along with us at home over the past few weeks, you may know a little bit about the Inflation Reduction Act, which rolled out onto the scene after much deliberation when West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin halted the Build Back Better bill. We had talked to our buddy Mike Tidwell of the Chesapeake Climate Action Network, who basically told us what was going to happen, but back in June. Yeah. And like he said, it was going to be close and certain aspects were going to be negotiated and changed. Of course, earlier this month, the Senate passed this bill. And on Friday of last week, the House also passed this bill. It's now up to the president to sign, but he's been pushing for something like this his entire presidency. Included in the Senate's version, though, is an additional $3 billion to electrify the USPS fleet. Remember, the postmaster did Joy first proposed a small percentage of the USPS fleet would be EVs. Then as more people stepped up and made noise, the USPS raised that to 40% of the fleet and said it could cost up to $3.3 billion to electrify the entire fleet. So the Senate added $3 billion in funding and the USPS has said, we expect the electric portion of our fleet to evolve upward. That's political speak for, okay, we'll do it since you're forcing us to. Well, hey, I mean, I'm glad that this bill has some things in it that I like. Yeah, and I mean, maybe it's because of the noise we've been making. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing electric postal trucks pull up in front of my house. This time, I just won't know when they're there because they'll be so quiet. But it's not all peaches and roses. The new bill, while resurrecting EV tax credits for Tesla, Toyota, and GM, is introducing new stipulations for which vehicles and people qualify for the credit. 
Namely, it only applies to vehicles which go through final assembly in North America, cost under $55,000 for sedans, $80,000 for SUVs and pickups, and only applies to those who make $150,000 or $300,000 per year for single and married filers, respectively. So that means if I wanted to buy a Rivian or a Hyundai because they're foreign or a Lucid, too expensive, I wouldn't get the credit? Well, there is a transition rule, which is on page 393 of the bill, which states solely for purposes of the application of Section 30D of the Internal Revenue Code of 1986. In the case of a no, taxpayer. No, okay. that, All right. I know. English, please. English. Oh, if you have a binding purchase agreement, you can take the old credit, but only if you sign that purchase agreement before this bill is signed into law, which could be happening as we speak. Wait, don't you have a reservation for the R1S? Doesn't this mean that in order to qualify for the old credit, you need to sign a binding purchase agreement? I mean, how do you even do that? Well, uh, Rivian sent me an email and I was able to transfer the $100 pre-order I had towards the $1,000 reservation, making it an order under the new law. Um, although if you want to learn about your specific case, Electrek actually made a pretty helpful guide, which we'll paste down below. But if people don't sign the purchase agreement before the president signs the law, they will miss out on the credit? There are lots of EVs that don't qualify for the new credit at the moment. So yeah, in a lot of cases, this is the only option to get the credit. Should people be worried about signing binding purchase agreements for cars that they won't be picking up for potentially a long time? Yeah, that's a really good point. Some of these cars may never even make it to uh, fruition and they may not be exactly what you thought they'd be when they do come out. So I don't know what to tell you. This is really tricky when laws change midstream. This is so specific to your case uh, that you're going to need to do your own research. Sorry, guys. Well, speaking of ordering stuff, uh, if you wanted to buy a new Model 3 long range, you're out of luck. Tesla has recently stopped taking new orders for the Tesla Model 3. What? I mean, that must be in some niche market you're talking about. Uh, no, here in North America, you can't order one. It says it'll be available in 2023. Now, we don't know if that means that the car isn't available until then or ordering one isn't available until 2023. So could this have anything to do with the changes to the EV tax credit? Right. I mean, as we reported before, the Model 3 long range at the price offered would not qualify for the $7,500 federal tax credit. Right. The cutoff was $55,000 for sedans and the Model 3 was priced at $57,990 before it was removed. Now, the new credit applies to vehicles delivered after January 1st, 2023. So do you think that we'll be seeing a differently configured Model 3 next year? Right, because if Tesla can bring the price down by $3,000, then that could bring the price down another $7,500. That would mean a $47,500 Model 3. And that's close to what the standard range plus costs today. If they could make a long-ish, range-ish Model 3 that costs just under the 55K. Maybe that's what they'll call it. The longish, range-ish Model 3. But even if the Model 3 is sold out to the end of the year anyway, isn't demand already high enough? I mean, can't they just keep the price the same? Because if they were able to get the tax credit, wouldn't the demand be even higher? Well, yes. I mean, as we've said before, if you can lower the price of a car by $5,000, twice the number of people are going to be able to afford it. This means that if, and I want to stress that we're just conjecturing hard here. If Tesla can lower the price from 58000 to below 55,000, which then the government subsidizes you down to 47,000, mm -hmm. that would be essentially quadrupling the demand overnight. This would likely increase the backlog from about six months, which is what we had been seeing before, to well over two years. But if we're talking about just North America, Tesla could be ramping up Giga Texas Model 3s. Right. Now, Giga Texas has been solely focused on Model Ys, so I wouldn't expect a huge change to that by the end of the year. But again, let's just take a step back. 
All Tesla has done is remove the option to pre-order the long-range Model 3. It doesn't mean that they're going to do anything necessarily. Anything beyond just reporting that they've taken it off the list is conjecture. But what an enviable position that they're in, that they can basically pull a product and wait and see because they yeah. already have so much demand for it that they already have a huge back order of it. So I'm going to rant on this next story. Rant alert. So head Dan O'Dowd is back on TV again because he's paying to run an ad aimed at asking Congress to shut down full self-driving. In the ad, they show a Model 3 driving down a cone lane and hitting a child-sized dummy. The problem with the ad is it doesn't show the car being in full self-driving only traffic-aware cruise control. Even in the crappy 480p quality, you can obviously tell full self-driving is not enabled. So you scroll down to the comments to see what people, oh, it's disabled, they're disabled, no, no comments. Uh, and the likes and dislikes are also hidden. Darn, not getting too many subscribers there, Dan, are ya? Um, but someone seems to have been able to scrounge up another unused clip of this test, which shows that the car is in full self-driving. However, Take a closer look. What aren't we seeing? The bottom of the screen. And guess why that might be important? Oh, the bottom of the screen is usually where the on-screen warning telling you that your foot is on the accelerator lives. Oh, scary, scary. Oh, what aren't you seeing? Because you can be in full self-driving and have your foot on the accelerator and guess what? You are overriding full self-driving. Mm -hmm. Full self-driving will still try and do its best. Mm -hmm. But if it's in a coned lane mm -hmm. going down towards a child and you're flooring it. That's the result you get. Hmm. And would you believe this, that there's two other clips of the other tests, the other tests that this study has conducted, that Dan O'Dowd has conducted. And would you believe it? There's a warning on the screen in both of the other clips. But the video quality is so bad that you can't read what it says, meaning that they were likely hitting the accelerator pedal or covering the cameras or doing something out of the ordinary to get this shot. Take the shot! But Jesse, just because Dan O'Dowd is only capable of decent video production when it's a misleading ad and not when it proves his point, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's wrong. And even if he was faking the clips, FSD could still be dangerous. Correct. But all of these clips prove the opposite. Okay, so wait, so these clips we're seeing are other people kind of testing out Dan O'Dowd's- Oh, they uh, weren't even trying to test it out. People just ran out in front of them and the cars didn't hit them like they did in their ad. So, no. you, Dan O'Dowd. You're a lying sack of And I challenge you to a damn fist fight. Oh, wow. Wow. I think you'd win. I mean, he's a lot older, you know. I don't care. I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> oh, man. Because this isn't just a fun little feature or some stupid little gimmick. This is the future of full self-driving technology that we're talking about. This could mean life and death. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. There were roughly 43,000 road fatalities just in the US in 2021. That's about a 0.013% chance. That means, look at the view count of this video. Now divide by 8,000. So 40,000, that's five people who die. 60,000 coming up on eight. If this video hits 100,000 views, I am currently speaking to 13 people who will be dead within the next 365 days. And one of those people could be you. So that is why, Dan, I think we ought to step outside because you're trying to do the equivalent of stopping the cure for pancreatic cancer. 
That's right, similar fatality rate. And we've mentioned this before, but this ghoul has a direct conflict of interest. He is the founder of Green Hills Software, which makes the software platform Integrity. How ironic. Which on their website says Green Hills Software is helping automotive companies achieve the safety and security necessary for production level ADAS and automated driving systems. So you have a person who has a direct conflict of interest with full self-driving because Elon has already said that if full self-driving works, they can license it out to other car companies, right. which would hurt Dan O'Dowd's business. Right. So Dan O'Dowd is trying to slow down the leader in full self-driving technology, which, as I just mentioned, could save your f***ing life sometime. And he's not even doing a legitimate test. He's no, faking it. It's fake. It's If you think about it for longer than eight seconds, you will realize that this is a fraud. I know. And the sad thing is it's kind of worked. I mean, look at this article from The Guardian, mm. which just took his test hook, line and sinker. And Elon said, the Guardian swallows scam video hook, line and sinker. And then Dan O'Dowd tweeted out, Elon swallows scam article hook, line and sinker. Fred Lambert from Electric fabricated the story claiming FSD was never engaged in our tests of FSD. The raw video published online clearly shows that FSD was engaged in all three tests, proving that FSD will mow down children. But, you know, Emmett Peppers pointed this out, quote, but they could only provide an affidavit from the driver who conducted the test, Art Haney, claiming in the sworn statement that he believed FSD beta was activated. Believed sounds sus to me. And I think this is why Elon should set up his litigation department and sue Dan O'Dowd. And Eva Fox said, this is not a joke. This is a scam. And Elon said, from real scam O'Dowd. I think this is why Elon tweeted out a while ago that he's trying to build up a department of good lawyers. And I think he should go after Dan O'Dowd and sue the pants off him. Okay, but Dan is just some guy who wants to spend millions of dollars to spread false information. It doesn't matter unless people listen to him. Uh, well, it most certainly seems like they are. U.S. Senator Gary Peters of Michigan hmm. and Representative Jan Schakowsky are both Democrats who chair subcommittees overseeing NHTSA. They sent a letter to NHTSA to pressure them to recall autopilot. In it, they cite every single case of bad news related to Tesla autopilot and full self-driving, often confusing the two for one another. Now, there are a grand total of five examples of dangerous features and reports in their letter, three of which they admit in the points are already fixed. So three of the five bullet points that they have are things that are already fixed. One of the points, which mixes two separate and outdated findings together, are both over six months old and have already been fixed unbeknownst apparently to both lawmakers writing this letter who chair subcommittees on auto safety. Yeah, I think anyone willing to spend a few minutes ought to read this for themselves. It's only three pages long and really gives you a sense of how weak their evidence is. And here is perhaps one of the issues with American politics in that it is much easier for politicians to devise a boogeyman out of dubious claims and half-truths, dress him up to look as scary as possible, and then point at him and scream until you can froth up an angry group of people and then get those people to re-elect you. It also doesn't hurt when you can take bribes from the companies that have been trying to stifle safety systems since the beginning of their industry. And look, there's a lot of people viewing this video right now. We have a lot of power. So get on your tweets, get on your emails, get on your phones and call your representatives and tell them that you do not feel this way, that you know that Tesla is actually making cars safer. And the great part is that Dan O'Dowd actually gave you phone numbers mm -hmm. so that way you can call up Congress and speak to them directly. Yep. Thank you, Dan O'Dowd. You can call them right up and say, hey, you, uh, you've probably been hearing some stuff about this attack ad. Yeah, if you go through it, it's bullshit. Oh, and if you want to tell them how you know this is true, Send them to our clips channel. We've chopped this into a bite-sized clip so that they can see what we're talking about. And also, if you like Tesla and don't like Dan O'Dowd, hit the like button. That'll show them. So, 
We good? Get the get that out of your system. You feel a little better? Yeah, for now. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Daniel Dowd. The offer Text stands, me. I guess. Uh, yeah, offer stands. <laughs> uh, we were in Hawthorne, California when Elon unveiled the Tesla semi-truck in 2017, remember? I do. And remember what drove out of the back of the semi-trailer? The Tesla Roadster 2.0. At the time, Elon said that the Tesla semi-truck would begin production in 2019, and I ran over to the computer that was there, and I ordered both a Roadster and a semi-truck. Well, as we know, Elon isn't always spot on with his timing projections. It is now 2022, and the semi isn't supposed to arrive until next year. Hang on. Elon just tweeted this out last Wednesday. Tesla 500-mile range semi-truck starts shipping this year, Cybertruck next year. Do you think that we're high enough on the list to get ours? I doubt it. Hey, I doubt it. <laughs> Probably Pepsi, which ordered 100, and Walmart, which ordered like 15, are going to get it first. Pepsi had announced that they were expected to get 15 of their semis by the end of this year. That was before the delay. So I'm assuming that they're, you know, they're going to get their trucks first. But we had to be pretty high on the list because I was just minutes after they opened it. I would just ask Tesla to honor the order with which the orders were placed because, look, we're not going to let it sit in a garage. We're going to get out there and get butts and seats in this truck. So, Tesla, if you're listening, the best press you can get for this truck is to have Zach and Jesse <laughs> driving it. So let's go to California, where the Tesla Model Y and Model 3 have taken the top spot. They are now the number one and number two best-selling vehicles in all of California. The California New Car Dealer Association, or CNCDA, just released their Q2 2022 numbers, and boy, it must irk them. I mean, they're representing car dealers, after all, and Tesla doesn't have any of those. Here are the numbers. Model Y sold 42,320 units in Q2 to take the number one spot, a 54% market share in the luxury compact SUV class. And the Model 3 with 38,993 units took the number two spot statewide and the number one spot in its near luxury class with a 60% market share. Which means that in both of those classes, Tesla sold more than all of the other cars combined. And we shouldn't forget about the Model S, which took the top spot in the luxury high-end sports car segment with 5,791 sales and a 21% market share. And even the Model X, which hadn't been produced much, got on the luxury midsize SUV board with 3,791 sold, coming in fourth. So the Model Y and the Model 3, by the way, beat out even pickup trucks for the top spot in California. EVs now account for 15% of the California auto market versus 7% for the U.S., I think this is really important because a lot of YouTubers I've seen are like, well, EVs only make up like 1% of the cars. And it's like, no, look at your numbers. They're rising so fast. Yeah, I mean, take a look at this chart from the CNCDA. Yeah, blue are the BEVs. Mm -hmm. Look at how battery electric is finally overtaking hybrids. And this chart showing all the car brands in California. Only Tesla and Genesis saw growth in 2022 so far. Look at all the red from the other automakers. Chevy, Honda, Audi and Volkswagen down more than 30%. Ouch. While Tesla was up over 80%. Now, we've been talking about this since we started Tesla Time News six years ago. And so many people didn't believe us. We used to get so much pushback. Big Auto will come out with Tesla killers and eat Tesla's lunch. Hmm. Looks like all they're eating is Tesla's dust. And the way California goes is the way the rest of the country goes. So this is just a leading indicator of what's about to happen. So the CEO of Ford, Jim Farley, was at a press event last week announcing some cool stuff like the fact that Ford, with its partnership with DTE Energy, will be adding 650 megawatts of solar energy in Michigan to make the Ford F-150 Lightning Assembly with 100% carbon-free energy. 
Tip of the hat, Ford. Good job, Ford. Jim said at the event, we're really on a mission at Ford to lead an electric and digital revolution for many, not few. And I have to say the shining light for us at Ford is this beautiful lightning made right down the road at Dearborn, right here in the state of Michigan, already the leader of all EV pickup trucks in our industry in the United States. Take that, Elon Musk. Take that, Elon Musk. No, he said that, not me. And then Elon responded, thanks, but I already have one. Okay, but now I just want to push back on this for a second. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think that Ford is is actually the leader. And I'm not saying Tesla's the leader either. I actually think that isn't Rivian the leader? By that argument, Rivian's produced more electric pickup trucks than Ford has so far. So yeah, wouldn't Rivian be the leader in electric pickup trucks? No, I mean, I'm sure there's a thousand caveats that one could throw at me. Well, Rivian costs more. And I, I completely get that. But no, it's a good point. I mean, sure. Yeah, Tesla. Yeah. Doesn't hasn't made a single pickup truck that they've sold to anybody. Right. So, OK. Take that, Elon Musk, I guess. Take that, Elon Musk. Ooh, challenge. And speaking of Ford, there's been so much demand for the Ford F-150 Lightning, and Ford has such limited production that Ford was forced to stop taking orders a few weeks ago. Well, now Ford has configured prices and reopened its order page. What do you mean by reconfigured prices? Well, that was my nice way of saying that Ford raised prices by $6,000 to $8,500, depending on the trim. Oof. Okay, so let's see. We're getting the Lariat Extended Range. Wow. That went up by $8,500. Looks like it. Good thing we ordered when we did. Yeah. Marin Gajaj, chief customer service officer for Ford, says current order holders awaiting delivery are not impacted by these price adjustments. Yeah. That trim level won't qualify for the $7,500 federal tax incentive anymore. Looks like none of the extended ranges will. But the good news is that Ford has sold 4,400 Lightning so far and has raised the EPA estimated range on the base models by 10 miles to 240 miles. Ford says it'll hit a run rate of 600,000 units next year. Ford is also second now in the U.S. in EV sales with 10.9% market share behind Tesla's 70% market share. Now, did I also see that Ford is offering new colors? Yeah, Ford has added two new colors, Avalanche Gray and Azura Gray, replacing Atlas Blue, Ice Blue Silver, and Smoked Quartz Metallic. There will also be Pro Trailer Hitch Assist, which uh, Ford claims is an industry first, which will feature automatic steering, throttle, and brake inputs to make hitching trailers easier. Ooh, can we get that? Our truck is already in production right now, so I'm not sure if this is a software upgrade or something that we can get after delivery or something that has to be installed in the factory. I I hope we get it because we are going to trailer it a lot. It's all right. I'm really good at trailering now, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but remember how we got an update from Rivian that made it easier for you to back up and stuff with that's true. the trailer hitch? So I don't know. I, I'm hoping it's just software. But funny how Ford advertised it as adding two new colors when they actually took away three. But they added two other ones. <laughs> right, but they took away three. We it had more choice before this. But they added two colors. <laughs> and they took away three. You got you to gotta learn how to do this kind of stuff. Yeah, this is marketing speak. Hey, and if you want to talk all about whether Ford or Rivian or Cybertruck is going to take the lead, then you want to go over to the Cybertruck Owners Club. They help support the show. And there you're going to find a crowdsource reservation tracker where you can find your place in line. There's all sorts of discussion and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. And you can check out their 3D configurator, which allows you to view the Cybertruck in any color wrap and logo. So maybe you want to see Avalanche Gray. Hmm. Hmm. So Ethan just reviewed the Posway e-skateboard over on Now Let's Review. Ethan loves longboards. Yeah. And you can tell because uh, 
<laughs> when he's showing this skateboard in the video, it's like beat up because he has tested these things like, <laughs> to the max. To the max. So um, yeah, he's already road, like range tested. He's wearing out the wheels on this thing. <laughs> um, so you can really trust his review. I really appreciate that about Ethan that he just wants to go ride all the stuff that we get. Yeah. So definitely go ahead over to now. Let's review if you're interested at all about any form of electric mobility we're trying to cover basically everything yeah a lot of you probably don't even think about e-skateboards when you're thinking of e-mobility because there never was such a thing mm -hmm. but you really should check out his reviews because it's the kind of thing that you might really enjoy and they're not that expensive so last week chinese tech giant baidu was awarded permits from the chinese government to operate their autonomous and driverless robo taxis in two chinese cities baidu will deploy five fee charging robo taxis in both the cities of wuhan and chongqing where they can operate in designated areas between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Now, you may remember that Baidu's Apollo and Toyota's Pony.ai got permits to operate autonomous robo-taxis in Beijing back in April, but those still had safety drivers in the passenger seat. And as we reported in January, Cruise got a permit from California to allow fully driverless rides on selected streets in San Francisco between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Since its launch in 2020, Apollo Go, which is Baidu's robo-taxi service, has operated over a million rides in 10 Chinese cities and has not reported any problems. Baidu is now in talks with Beijing, Shanghai, and Shenzhen to get permits within a year to test fully driverless and unpaid robo-taxis in those cities. The Chinese Ministry of Transportation just drafted new rules that appear to favor autonomous vehicles in easily controlled scenarios in low traffic situations. So, I mean, I think this really proves that autonomy is happening. Mm. A lot of people just don't know about this technology. And even those of us in this kind of bubble that do kind of think, well, that's still 40 years away. Mm. Look, it's not. I mean, even if you don't think the Tesla is the leader, which it is, autonomy will be a thing before you know it. Right. Even if you're thinking that like, OK, well, China, you know, of course we haven't heard of any problems. <laughs> and I agree with you. I just think that uh, problems are actually good. Right. In a certain sense, I, I don't want anyone to get hurt, but um, that's how you learn. That's uh, one of the best ways to learn is right. by failing. And I know. And that's the thing. They're out there testing them in real world situations in real cities with pedestrians and cars. And that's really what you want to be doing. So our friend Fabrizio has an update for us on the Tesla Model Y heat pump issue. What was that issue again? So Fabrizio and many, many other Tesla Model Y and three owners had issues with their coolant water pumps, making this humming sound, which is part of the octovalve cooling system. One of the water pumps right there. Um, no, there, there are two water pumps for the cooling system, and one of them is making this terrible noise, uh, which isn't supposed to do, in my opinion. Right. This was a year ago. So what has Tesla done about it? Well, let's see. Fabrizio has an update. Hello, Zach and Jesse. Fabrizio here with an update about the humming noise issue affecting randomly Model 3s and Model Ys produced in the last year. Well, we sent out our petition about uh, one year ago uh, to Tesla with the over 100 signatures. And I must say that we have been completely ignored. So quite disappointing. And yet I still receive a couple of uh, complaints every week on my website, modelyissue.com. So I assume the problem is still going on around. I have no idea how many cars uh, are affected nowadays with this problem, but I still, it's still being around. I'm still collecting signature on my website, modelyissue.com, as well as on change.org. 
So if I see the problem still going on for the uh, next few months, it is possible uh, we are going to send uh, another petition again with more signature to Tesla. But my hopes that Tesla is going to fix this problem or even just acknowledge it are fading away um, pretty fast. So I'm eager to know your thoughts about these guys. And uh, now you know. All right. So our friend Fabrizio is a great guy. Like, I want you to understand that we know him. We've worked with him. Mm -hmm. He's not the kind of guy who's just going to make up some bullshit. Mm -hmm. He's really loves Tesla. He's driven all of them. I think he's owned all of them mm -hmm. and he really wants Tesla to do well. And he's gotten hundreds of signatures on a petition. So this is not like a little problem that just happened to a couple people. And I know another thing you might be saying is, well, loud water pump. I mean, who oh, boo hoo sure. Tesla owners. <laughs> That's not the issue here. We want to make sure that these cars are working. And all Tesla really had to do, in my opinion, was communicate properly. Tell owners what was going on. Tell them what, you know, what they were finding when things would get fixed. There has been no communication, as you just heard. And to me, that's what the f Tesla. So if you're having this problem, go to modelyissue.com and make yourself heard. Yeah, we love Tesla. And that's why we're telling you about this, because we want Tesla to address the problem. That's how a company gets better. You don't just ignore all your customers. Because again, the way that Tesla sells their cars, you might be like, oh, it's on, it's through their website. No, 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 no. It's through the cars that they have in the world. Right. Those things sell themselves. And if basically when it's parked, it's going to start making this weird noise. People are going to go, yeah, I'm not that interested. Or, or owners are going to go, yeah, I'm not going to show my friends because I'm embarrassed. And I mean, what if that means that it's going to wear out fast? Like, we just don't know. That's and true. I don't know. We just need to have an answer, Tesla. So step it up. And thank you again to Fabrizio for doing the work that it takes to do this. So according to a new report from Grand View Research, they say that the global lithium market, which is worth $7.5 billion today, is up almost 10% from last year. Lithium prices are up over 400% compared to 2021. And surprise, surprise, they say that the U.S. lithium market will keep growing at a CMGR or compound annual growth rate of 11.9% a year through 2030. The Thacker Pass mine owned by the Lithium Nevada Corporation was approved by the Bureau of Land Management to start operations and should become the largest source of lithium in the U.S., producing 60 kilotons of battery grade carbonate by 2026. We just interviewed Teague Egan, the founder and CEO of Energy X, a startup making a new type of lithium refining equipment that I think you'll find very interesting because, as Elon said, lithium refining is basically akin to printing money. That'll be coming out on Fridays in depth. So make sure you subscribe and hit the bell notification button right down there so you don't miss it. And Investor Club members will be getting that episode a day early. Yeah, because Jesse and I own stock in Energy X. Disclaimer here. Mm -hmm. um, we think you might want to know why that is. So according to filings that have to be disclosed in Canada, don't you just love Canada's openness? Uh, Tesla is lobbying the government in Ontario, Canada to offer incentives for Tesla to open a gigafactory in the province. And if they're lobbying Ontario, I'll bet they're also lobbying Quebec province as well to see which will offer the best incentive package. So does this mean that Tesla's next gigafactory will be located in Canada? Well, Elon did say they're aiming for a dozen sites to reach 20 million vehicles a year. And he did kind of hint at Canada in the shareholder meeting a couple weeks ago. No, I, I'm, half, I'm half Canadian, so maybe I should, you know. I think it does make sense to have a gigafactory near the East Coast. And so I wouldn't be surprised if one gets located near Toronto and another near like Georgia. Yeah, I was just kind of looking at the map there and drawing circles. And it's like, <laughs> bing, 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 bing. <laughs> now, it must be tough as a company that is production limited to decide when to start taking your products for your own use as opposed to selling every last one available 
to your customers. Yeah, you're talking about Tesla, of course, and the news out last week that at a Tesla energy company meeting, a manager confirmed that Tesla will now be electrifying their fleet vehicles to Model Ys and Model 3s. According to Electrek, this manager said, we've been doing a great job working with our vehicle teams to get us into some Model Ys. We already got the first batch deployed across the country in different offices, and our plan is to continue electrification for getting Model Ys and Model 3s to replace every vehicle that they can one for one. Looking over the course of this next quarter, we're really going to start getting rid of the Chevy we have in our fleet and some of the sprinter vans and other vehicles were applicable to replace them with Model 3s and Model Ys so that when we install at our customers' houses, we are showing up with a fleet of Teslas. Two things here. Mm -hmm. uh, this is awesome. Yep. Uh, I, I think that showing up in an electric vehicle is exactly what Tesla customers are going to want to see. Mm -hmm. And secondly, Tesla needs to make a van. I totally agree. They don't need to make a lot of vans nope. because they can just use it for all their internal use. So yep. uh, mobile rangers, uh, Tesla Energy, other stuff that they're going to need it for. Yeah. I, I think that if they turned on kind of the production that we've seen, like Rivian barely able to ramp up, like with the, with the uh, Amazon vans, I think that it would just be nice, even if it's just an internal vehicle that no one can buy. Even if they started with the midsize van, almost like a minivan size that mm. was, you know, they Built could make on it, the Model Y platform. Exactly. And they could make it for two different, you know, kinds of groups, like, you know, soccer moms and then like small contractors. I think, again, though, that the Cybertruck is going to fill this niche. I think I think that anything that a van can do, a Cybertruck can do as well. And speaking of Tesla Energy, it appears that division will be releasing some new and updated energy products later this year. At the same internal Tesla Energy division meeting that we just talked about, Seth Winger. Winger! senior manager of solar products engineering at Tesla said, in 2022, we are heavily investing in Tesla products. I can't say exactly what is coming. We want to maintain confidentiality, but across the board on PVs, on solar roof, on Powerwall, look forward to greatly improved installation efficiency, aesthetic, and product performance. So what are some of the new and updated products? I got to know. Well, it looks like one is an interactive layout experience for Tesla solar customers. They said customers are going to be able to engage with zero touch layouts. They're going to be able to to see a maximum kilowatt design in their Tesla account. So Tesla appears to still be working on this new interface, but based on early testing, they expect it's going to reduce post-permit redesign requests by 20%, utility rejections by 30%, and average handle time, which is like chat, by 10%. So we've been through the solar process with Tesla, mm -hmm. well, Solar City, um, and we have Tesla Solar on the roof. In fact, as always, we're coming to you Tesla Solar Power. So what do you think of this new interactive layout experience? Um, if it means better communication, then I'm all for it. Uh, that has always been Tesla's Achilles heel, in my opinion. Tesla seems to know what they're doing, but they often seem to have trouble communicating effectively with customers before, during, and after the process. My guess at how this interface will be able to reduce all these problems is that it'll make it clearer to the customer and the utility exactly what is being planned and what will happen. So is this interface it? Uh, Tesla also appears to be ready to release a new updated power wall and solar panels. I wouldn't be surprised if we see even higher revenue from the energy division in Q3 and Q4. Remember, Q2 energy revenue was the highest it's been in four years, almost $900 million. Look at this annual chart of Tesla energy revenue, and you can see that energy earned $2.7 billion last year and could hit over $3 billion this year. Not as sexy as the $47 billion that the auto division brought in last year, but still a fast-growing division. And remember that in 2019, Elon said that Tesla Energy could be as big, if not bigger, than their auto division eventually. And, you know, we haven't seen Tesla Solar Roof being deployed en masse. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I think that once they get that product to the point where they can really roll it out and ramp it up, mm -hmm. um, 
that's when we're going to start to see these revenues go even higher than exactly. where we are today. San Diego-based Aptera, which is producing the three-wheeled electric solar 1,000-mile range vehicle, just tweeted pictures of their new Gamma version. And you can take a look at the interior there. Yeah, so it's got a binnacle and an infotainment screen, similar to the minimalist uh, Model 3 and Y. Um, um, now, what's Gamma? So Alpha, Beta, Gamma... Delta. Oh, I always put Delta first. Okay, Gamma's third. Okay, so yeah, they're going to be coming out with one more version, I believe, before they go to production. Mm -hmm. And so this, we're getting closer. Um, and I'm just really excited to see this interior because it seems it, they're following the leader, which is Tesla. Like yeah. they're not reinventing the wheel here. They're going for what really works, which is this really cool layout. And Apterosaurus Rex asked, "Is it just me, or does it look like there's enough headroom for a shack in there?" And Apterosaurus said, "It's very roomy inside." Hmm. Yeah, so I'm excited. I want to hop in one and uh, check it out. Me too. Let's go to San Diego. Let's do it. So I think one thing I've been pretty bummed about with our Rivian R1T is that it doesn't have tank turn. You know, that was supposed to be a mode where we could spin the truck around using the four motors. Right. Uh, Rivian canned that feature just a little bit before the R1T's release. Um, but don't worry. Rivian seems to be developing a new feature, front dig mode. What? How's that supposed to work? Well, at this point, it's just a patent the abstract of which states, while operating in the front dig mode, forward torque is provided to the front wheels of the vehicle. Further, resistance is applied to forward rotation of the inner back wheel of the vehicle. Yet further, forward torque is applied to the outer back wheel of the vehicle. What? So basically, if you want to make a tight turn on loose surfaces, uh, you would be able to turn the wheel all the way in the direction you want to go. Okay. Then the front wheels will pull the car in that direction. Okay. However, the rear wheels will kind of act like a tame uh, tank turn, Okay. Uh, pulling the truck in a tighter turn than normal. Basically, you're going to be slowing down the inside tire and speeding up the outside tire, which if you know anything about differentials is like what the tires are supposed to do anyway. Like the outside wheel spins more than the inside wheel during a turn. So in a typical tank turn, you don't turn the wheel. Uh, right. The, the front wheels are facing forward because the whole thing is turning like a tank. In this case, it's like, I don't know. Did, did the half tracks... Did they drive like this? You'd have the front wheels turning and I then guess. the back wheel, the back tracks must have had to do a tank. -ish but why turn. not just do a tank turn? What is this? Keep it safer because your front wheels are already guiding the truck. Nothing is going to be slipping as much as the tank. I mean, obviously a tank turn means all four wheels are slipping and the truck is spinning. And as we've talked about before, it's it would it would just fall off of. But I mean, Rivian just gave me an update last night where I could have auto lowering and raising of the car, which is super oh, awesome. Great. But like it took them months to get that. Sure. Um, wh why work on this? Shouldn't they be working on things like that, which are useful? Is this useful? I think that it could be useful on like mountain switchbacks and stuff like that. I think it's it's nice to have kind of a gimmick to replace tank turn, hmm. which was like the ultra gimmick. It's such a gimmick that you can't even use it safely. Mm -hmm. um, this is going to be a lot more useful, I think, when you're trying to make like a really, really tight turn. So we discussed Re-Automotive, the Israeli startup, a couple weeks ago on an Investor Club bonus story. We reported on how Re was partnering with Morgan Olson and EAVX to make an electric cargo van on top of Re's electric powertrain, the P7 Proxima electric van powered by Re. Well, now Re has unveiled the P7B all-electric box truck, which redesigned and built by itself. Now, disclaimer, Jesse and I own stock in RE and we are not financial advisors and this is not financial advice. Do your own research before investing because investing involves risk. So this is a little confusing because the names are similar and you also said that 
they redesigned it. No, redesigned and built it. They didn't redesign it. No. They designed it. Right. Re designed it. Okay, we got it. Okay. And also these trucks look kind of the same. Yeah, this cargo truck is designed and built by Re, but actually it's built by a subcontractor in the UK. So okay. why'd they say they built it? I don't know. Uh, what are the specs? 150 mile range, max speed of 75 miles an hour, 19 foot turning radius, which is really good because it uses four wheel steering, mm. uh, payload of 4,400 pounds, cargo volume of 812 cubic feet, 545 newton meters of torque, and it's due to start chassis production next year in the UK and also in Austin, Texas. What I do think is cool about Re and why we invested in them is that they don't use in-hub motors. Because one of the things I just want to point out about in-hub motors that can be a problem is if you curb the wheel, you can damage the motor. These motors are behind the wheel in protected by the chassis of the car. Um, and so also the unsprung mass is a lot better. Hmm. And that's a whole physics thing. But um, it's a pretty cool design. I just don't know if they're actually going to be able to like keep the cost down and make this to mass production. But I am excited to start seeing actual real world trucks. And if you spot any of these in the wild, please be sure to send pictures or video over to hello at now, you know, channel.com. So the California based EV subscription service autonomy has just announced last week that they ordered $1.2 billion worth of EVs from 17 automakers. That's 45 EV models representing 1.2% of the projected U.S. EV production through 2023. Wow. I mean, they even ordered some Subarus. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much every EV price between 26000 and 122000 that offered telematics. So 23,000 EVs. So what are they going to do with these cars? Well, Autonomy says they exist to expand the adoption of electric vehicles, and we don't think you should be forced to accept expensive long-term debt to drive one. So, for instance, in California right now, you can get a Model 3 or Model Y delivered to your door through Autonomy. You pay month to month for a minimum of three months, not really a traditional renting and not really traditional leasing. Now, the average car payment in America right now is 650 bucks a month. Autonomy can get you in a Tesla for 490 bucks a month. By the way, Autonomy bought $443 million worth of Teslas or 8,300 Teslas. Wow. So if you use Autonomy, please send us your story of how you liked it. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And I uh, just had another fresh, clean shave this morning with my brand new uh, blade because blades, let me tell you, razor blades aren't that expensive. The nope. problem is... You're buying cartridges uh, and you can use very cheap, very nice razor blades if you use Henson Shaving. And you can get a hundred of those blades for free if you use our code now you know at checkout. So meet 17-year-old Robert Sansone from Fort Pierce, Florida. He is this year's winner of the largest international high school STEM competition, the Regeneron International Science and Engineering Fair. He won a $75,000 first prize for his work on a synchronous reluctance motor without rare earth minerals. A what? A, a synchronous reluctance? What is what? Yeah, so Tesla's Model 3, for instance, has synchronous reluctance motors, but those use permanent magnets. Sansone's design does not. Okay, I mean, I'm sure this kid is smart and all. I mean, he did make a motor from scratch, but it can't be groundbreaking, can it? Well, according to Heath Hoffman, a professor of electrical and computer engineering at the University of Michigan, who has worked on EVs and even consulted with Tesla, Hoffman says he's definitely looking at things the right way. There's the potential that it could be the next big thing. So how long did it take Robert to invent this motor? 
Well, first of all, this isn't Robert's first rodeo. He has completed over 60 engineering projects in his spare time, and he's only 17, including animatronic hands, high-speed running boots, and a go-kart that can reach speeds of over 70 miles an hour. So he knows what he's doing as an engineer. This motor is Robert's 15th iteration, and now he's working on his 16th. So why is Robert's motor any better than what we have today? Well, Robert is patenting his motor, so he's keeping his secret sauce close to the vest, and I don't blame him. Other synchronous motors have an air gap. Robert's version incorporates another magnetic field into the motor, which increases the saliency ratio and therefore produces more torque. Robert says, I didn't have a mentor to help me, really, so each time a motor failed, I had to do tons of research and try and troubleshoot what went wrong. But eventually, on the 15th motor, I was able to get a working prototype. So Robert tested his motor for torque and efficiency and found that his design design had 39% greater torque and 31% greater efficiency at 300 RPM and even higher efficiency at 750 RPM. But beyond those speeds, the plastic pieces he 3D printed would overheat. He validated his results in a second experiment. Wow. So, I mean, Robert is a rising senior and he wants to attend MIT. And he says that he hadn't originally planned to enter the competition. But when he learned that his high school classes allowed him to complete a year long research project, he took the opportunity to keep working on his motor. And thank goodness that they did, because that sounds uh, like this could be groundbreaking. Yeah. Robert says rare earth materials and existing electric motors are a major factor undermining the sustainability of electric vehicles. Seeing the day when EVs are fully sustainable due to the help of my novel motor design would be a dream come true. So, I mean, just imagine when Robert gets a mentor. Yeah. I mean, this is exactly <laughs> the type of person Elon is looking for. Wow. Maybe skip college and go right I to know, work right? at Tesla. What, what do you need college for? <laughs> All right. It's time for going green. And, you know, Artemis One is set to launch this month on August 29th. So we decided to do something special. Artemis August. For the entire month of August, you get 5% off every order when you use the code Artemis1. And you'll love our new Carina Nebula mousepad, inspired by the new James Webb Space Telescope. Yeah, I, in fact, I just ordered you one. It should be coming in the mail. Oh, finally, I get a, <laughs> you get this cool one over I here. Know, I know, so you'll okay. have one too. And you can be excited because we plant multiple trees for every order, and we help cap methane-spewing abandoned oil wells with the Well Done Foundation, making your purchase carbon negative. Start positive conversations today with carbon negative products at EcoWare. So Monarch Tractors is a startup making electric autonomous farm tractors. Yeah, we interviewed their C-suite last year as they came out of stealth mode. You can check out our in-depth on Monarch Tractor here to learn more about this compelling electric tractor. But the news this week is that the largest electronics manufacturer in the world, Taiwan's Hanhai Technology Group, better known as Foxconn, just signed a manufacturing contract with Monarch to build their tractors at the 6.1 million square foot facility in Ohio that they acquired from Lordstown. Remember that Lordstown Endurance pickup truck? Which we're on pre-order for. Will also be produced by Foxconn there, and they should be rolling out in the second half of this year, along with Fisker's Pear EV. Man, what are they not making at this factory? They're making trucks, they're making SUVs, and they're making tractors. Yep. Monarch is currently working on production of their Founder Series tractor at their Livermore, California facility. Foxconn will be taking on full-scale production of Monarch's electric MXV tractor and the battery packs in Ohio. So the specs on the tractor, uh, 10 plus hours of runtime, 240 volt, 80 amp charging in four to five hours, 70 peak horsepower, 40 horsepower continuous, autonomous up to eight tractors at once. So you can run your whole farm with this, wow. uh, 7,700 pounds of towing, 2,200 pounds of lift. Starting price is $58,000 and they begin in Q1 of 2023 with their production. That's exciting. All right, time for sunspots. And we got our friend Marcus Jew from Energy Pal here to give you an update on what's going on with solar tax credits. 
Zach and Jesse. Excited to be back uh, on the uh, show. So my name is Marcus Drew with Energy Pal. We help homeowners across the nation actually get solar installed. We help them identify the right plan for them. We are excited to talk about what's going on in the industry. So last Friday, August 12th, the House of Representatives voted to pass the Democrats' $750 billion inflation reduction bill. So massive investments in healthcare, energy, climate, and um, you know, it's essentially trying to slash greenhouse gases by 40% by 2030 and some great um, 10-year consumer tax credits to really help accelerate the adoption of rooftop solar um, and home battery installations as well. So what does this mean for the industry? The solar industry essentially is able to build on the foundation that's driven over 2 million homes and 1 million businesses to get solar installed. You know, this all started back in 2006 when Obama introduced the federal tax credit for solar. And uh, we're actually, this year we were in the final, basically two years um, of the tax credit. It was 26% of whatever you pay for solar, uh, you would get back as a tax credit. Next year, that's 22%. And then the year after it was supposed to be gone. So. Uh, what this new bill does is it takes the current tax credit of 26%, bumps it back up to 30%, and then rides it out for another 10 full years. So the industry has a super long runway to continue investment, continue growing, continue building scale, driving costs down. Um, and definitely in the long run, you know, even medium term, you know, I think we're going to start seeing solar prices in the industry to keep kind of going down. However, an interesting point the industry needs this incentive. I mean, it's been pretty tough, right? With permitting costs increasing to supply constraints to financing increases, it's all been pushing the industry to raise prices. And, you know, Energy Pal, as our platform, we're like a technology enabled human platform. We help people um, actually get solar installed. We work with lots of installers and we have a unique vantage and we can see that there's been these price increases. We know of price increases coming down the road. And so what this does is it allows homeowners like real end consumers to actually still see similar or better even um, kind of incentive to get solar installed when the utility rates keep rising and going up. Right. So. We're really excited about this. Definitely people should not wait for next year to get solar because you can get the tax credit for basically this next tax season for yourself. And, um, you know, we're, we're actually seeing in the first time in the, the decade, you know, prices of solar going up. So this will help kind of stem that um, price increase that's been going on. So, you know, at Energy Pal, we have the largest selection of, of options and brands and solutions that we can do. We're really excited about the industry. We're really looking forward to seeing uh, the growth that's going to come out of this bill and, um, you know, excited to stay on the, the solar coaster here. Thank you so much, Marcus. So great to be hearing directly from Energy Pal. Um, again, they can help you put solar on your roof and they talk to multiple different installers so they get you the best price. Yeah, so head on over to Energy Pal's website. We got their link down below. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. And remember, they do all that work for free. But we've had many people write to us from Europe and ask how they can go solar. Uh, we've had many questions about incentives and payback periods and how many solar panels they need. Well, I'm happy to tell you that we're working with our friends at Svea Solar, one of the largest solar companies in the world. Now, you might remember from my recent trip to Spain, they are solarizing our producer's beautiful house there, Casa Castle in Marbella, Spain, with Svea Solar. So if you live in Europe, 
Sweden, Germany, Spain, the Netherlands, Belgium, with more countries coming soon. Reach out to Svea Solar at the link below and get this. We got them to offer something special for Now You Know viewers. So you can choose to either prepay your solar energy solution and get an EV charger with a 50% discount, or you can select the pay-as-you-go solar energy solution, basically leasing with no upfront fees, and get the first six months for free. So use our code down below, get one of those perks for yourself if you live in Europe, and start going solar because I'm telling you, you're going to feel so good when you do it. And you're going to save a lot of money. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. And remember, we need your stories. So send them in to us two minutes or less, not two minutes or more. Shoot them in the landscape with good audio, no music, and send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Let's see what we got this week. We've got Roberts from Latvia, and he shares his experience with an electric lawnmower. Hi. My name is Roberts. I'm from Latvia. And... This is uh, my new lawnmower. It's very quiet. And uh, this is DLM 533. It needs uh, two batteries to run. You can store, uh, put it four, but uh, I prefer to have uh, two batteries. I'll tell you why. And uh, this is 53 centimeters wide and very quiet. It goes just by itself and when operating very quiet and you can operate with two fingers it's self-propelled everybody asks me about uh, batteries how much do they last how much can I loan more uh, this is uh, a set with uh, four, five amper, ampower batteries, and I usually tell them then that you need only six batteries. The frame is from aluminium, never rust. It's very, very thick. For this lawnmower set, I paid one thousand euros. I think it's worth it. Uh, in set we have four batteries and dual charger one but I like I said you need six batteries to uh, do the job infinity I have backyard with about uh, 2000 square meters and this uh, can take it well now you know I love that. That is so, I love electric lawnmowers. I feel like so many people don't even know about them. So thank you for sharing that with us. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. We got a whole bunch of bonus stories and we got a whole bunch of investor club bonus stories. You wrote a lot of investor club bonus stories I was, this week. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of things in my mind I had to get out. So yeah, if you want to join us over on patreon.com slash now you know, you can join us for as little as a buck a month to see our bonus stories. But if you want to join the investor club, which I urge you to consider, uh, go check that out. All right, we're back from our Patreon Ooh. bonus stories. It's time for our shout outs. These are the important people who support us every week for five bucks or more, and they get their names in the end credits. Who do we got? We got Ralph, Steve and Crystal J, Morgan Agnew, Aaron Leach, Jamie Von Tees, Luke Portway, Ken Spies, and Jason Marty. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. Now, we do polls every week, and uh, if you want to join our polls, head on over to patreon.com, join us at the $2 level, and you can enter your answers. What do we got for our poll this week? Um, are you worried that Elon sold $6.9 billion worth of shares of Tesla? And uh, most people are not worried at all. Oh, that's good. So, 
Yeah, let's go to the tweets where we actually learned about this. First tweet from Joe. Dems poised to make IRS larger than the Pentagon, State Department, FBI, and Border Patrol combined. Elon says, seems high. Maybe invest in automation? And then this uh, meme, fate loves irony when the country that revolted over taxes hires 87,000 new IRS agents. And Sour Patch Lid says, they're not going after you, they're coming for us. Elon said, true. I already get audited every year by default. Can you imagine being audited every year by the IRS? No. Look, can we hire 87,000 teachers or 87,000 anything but IRS agents? <laughs> God. Doge Designer tweeted out this little meme of Elon in 1995 fixing his BMW. And then in 2022, Elon fixes the entire 160-year-old automotive industry. <laughs> Eric Berger says, per Bryce Space Tech, SpaceX doubled the world in terms of up mass to orbit during the Q2 of 2022. And just take a look at this chart. The, the top thing in white, that's SpaceX. Um, and you might be saying, oh, what's that other chart? Um, that's a that's a blow up magnification <laughs> of the other stuff that you can't see on the chart because yeah. it's so tiny. Um, and Elon said SpaceX Falcon team is fire. Yeah, I mean, 158,000 kilograms of spacecraft up mass versus their closest competitor, which is China, at 38,000. And then look at little ULA in blue. <laughs> oh, you're so cute, ULA. Holmar's catalog said Tesla is just killing it. And yeah, Fremont's the largest auto producing plant in the U.S. Elon said Tesla Fremont team is kicking ass. Sawyer Merritt said breaking news. Elon Musk has filed a total of six Form 4s with the SEC tonight, showing that he sold 7.9 million Tesla shares worth about $6.9 billion. Weighted average price was $869. The sales took place on the 5th, 8th and 9th of August. And Elon, are you done selling? Elon said yes in the hopefully unlikely event that Twitter forces this deal to close and some equity partners don't come through. It is important to avoid an emergency sale of Tesla stock. Cybertruck says, so if the Twitter deal doesn't close, will you buy Tesla stock again? Elon said yes. Tesla owner Silicon Valley said, have you thought about creating your own social platform if the Twitter deal doesn't come through? Elon says X.com. And then Elon tweeted out another orbital plane of polar satellites. That's 46 Starlink satellites to orbit. And not just any old orbit, polar orbit, mm -hmm. which means it's Santa Claus. This is how he's going to know if you've been good I or bad. I was wondering kids. how he did that. Yes. Starlink. Uh, well, it used to be a lot slower. Yeah. Now, now Santa gets to relax because his list is going to be updated way faster. And Elon tweeted out adding the 13 inner engines. And then he said, uh, <clears throat> Twitter, well, those aren't. Tweets from Elon Musk. That's Elon. <laughs> Here's a little bonus room where you can get something. Whoa. I wonder if it's cryptocurrency. <laughs> Shady URL. My favorite. And then Elon tweeted out this meme. Just read the instructions. Have you tried turning the economy off and then turning it back on again? And then, of course, congrats Giga Shanghai on making the millionth car. Total Tesla's made now over three million. And uh, that's a picture of 9,000 Teslas ready to export on ships from Shanghai. Tesla Shanghai has made a million cars. That was quick. Mic drop. All right, it's time for community mail time. Community mail time. And remember, send your stories, your photos, your videos into hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Carlos wrote in to say, not sure if this is something new or not, but something I noticed at the Tesla annual shareholder meeting I attended was Tesla's destination chargers that had a J1772 plug. They did have the destination chargers with the Tesla plug as well. So like Joe from Smart Charge America was showing us, these are the new Tesla wall connectors with the J1772 plugs that are really sleek. And they have the same features as the regular Tesla wall connectors, meaning that you can put a bunch of them all on the same circuit and they'll power share yep. um, as well as I think that they could start to charge people for electricity. They just need the Tesla app. 
Mike sent us these pictures of a totaled Rivian he saw, calling Rich and Steven at Rich Rebuilds Channel. That's right up your alley, guys. Let's let's get it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, I thought that they had crashed that. Oh, no. <laughs> Tanner said, I haven't seen a Rivian in person until this week. I saw one two days in a row in Dallas. Also thought I'd attach a photo of the new wrap on my car. 119,000 miles on it. It's wrapped Sakura Pink and Bronze Chrome Delete. Wow. Ooh, that's fancy. Lauren said, saw our first Polestar at an EA charger in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Thought I'd share a photo. It charged super fast with a 350 kilowatt charger. Um, hang on. I looked up the specs for the Polestar. I thought it only charged 150 kilowatts max. I don't know. She said, also spotted a Ford E-Transit owned by Walmart at the same charger. I was kind of surprised to see them using the EA charger in front of Walmart versus having their own plug in somewhere hiding out in the back. Funny side note, in normal fashion for EA, three of the six stations were not working at all, and the other three had reduced power. Darn. <laughs> Doug sent us this article from Drive Tesla Canada about Tesla fixing the squeak on the upper control arm proactively. It involves sealing the upper control arms with a urethane paste. Tesla says on certain Model 3s, Ys, and Model X vehicles, there may be a water ingress path to both front upper control arm ball joints that over time could possibly lead to surface corrosion on these ball joints. This may result in a creaking sound coming from the front suspension when steering at low speeds under high loads. This is exclusively an NVH condition only and does not result in premature failure of the ball joints. Oh, so, so I could have just kept driving. Could have just squeaked my- a lot. Just like super squeaky ball joints. Okay, so it's cool that they can proactively fix it. I wonder if they're going to be contacting people and come on in. We'll goop some urethane (laughs) sealant on those. And Sean sent us this Lucid Mobile service van he spotted at Layton, Utah. He says it has been in the same location for three plus weeks. I drive past it three or four (laughs) times a day. It's there every time. Have yet to see a Lucid car in the state. Well, they're ready, though. John, they're He's, ready. They live there and they're ready to go at a moment's notice. I hope they're not fixing a car there. <laughs> Maybe it's, I don't know. Hey, good morning, Steve. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to head out to the car in just a minute. <laughs> All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. And this is where you get to go out and review superchargers in the wild. Let's see what we got. Hey, Zach and Jesse and everybody. I am doing a Supercharger Review take two. Uh, so, hi, it's Lex. Uh, I am at the... Pearl Ridge Mall on Oahu in Hawaii. It is the first supercharger. There are six stalls, uh, version three, so 250 kilowatts. And we've got food over there. You walk over there. Uh, And, but this is the only supercharger, one of the only superchargers in Hawaii. There's six spots. Um, I am here, even though I don't normally supercharge because they have time of use hours and off peak hours are 29 cents a kilowatt hour, which is significantly less than the 42 cents I am currently paying at my house. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, I give it now that they've reduced the price a little, uh, an eight out of 10. It is the only supercharger on Oahu and there's uh, food up in the mall. This is off peak though. The only places are Long's Drugs, a CVS uh, for food and stuff. But yeah, it's solid. I've gone here a good bit now. Thanks, guys. Hi, Zach and Jesse. Uh, Jim here. I'm at the Perth, Ontario Supercharger. You can see there lots of places to uh, wine, dine, and uh, and go to the washroom. Um, this is an eight-stall, uh, 250 kilowatt. Uh, station right here, right on Highway 7, the Trans Canada Highway. 
And if we go around the back there, you can see all the different stores. There's an independent grocery store, uh, liquor store, you name it. It's all here. Uh, on a scale of one, there's gas stations too. If you're driving a nice vehicle right across the street, there's a police station, Ontario Provincial Police. Um, I'd give this, uh, I'd give this location a 10 out of 10. It's got everything. Uh, now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Thomas, also known as Tesla Tom here in Germany. I want to give you an update of the supercharger here in Hilden, where the highway crossing from the Highway 3 and Highway 46 is. And we have a very special um, gift from Tesla here because we now have also a pool for refreshing in the summertime and I will show you. So here is a pool. You can use it while your car is charging and during this time you are free to use this pool and you can see with the nice weather here there are a lot of people doing this already. You can see we have a lot of Tesla stalls also fastnet stalls so plenty of opportunities to charge your car for the personal convenience we have an seat and greet bakery where you can buy some food and some coffee and everything you, you want or you need alongside to the superchargers we also have the ability to load the car with uh, with ac we have the fastnet chargers where all the other cars can load. Seems we have also a Twizy meeting. Finally, with the pool, I think it is a 9.5 of a 10 because we have the pool as requested. We don't have a DJ, but uh, you can see the community feeling here around and hear the music, perhaps in the background. It is close to a 10. Okay, Zach and Jesse, now I'm done and I have to rest at the pool bar here in the close to the pool. Now you know. Hey Zach and Jesse, AJ and Ayana here and we are at a eight stall 250 kilowatt charging station here in Farmville, Virginia on our way to my mom, her grandma's birthday. Um, we are in a rented Model Y long range that we got from Hertz. I've had this for about like four days of renting, loving it so far. The little one is enjoying it as well too. <laughs> we are right behind a sheets over here. So obviously plenty of food options as well. Um, we are kind of like in our own little area back here. So very nice, not a lot of crowded or anything like that. There are some other options, but honestly, with the sheets being right there, you got a ton of food options. We're right off of 460 East, so really easy. And I would probably say, I, and it's a car wash, I might actually do that here in a second, but out of, I don't know, out of a 10, 10 being the highest number, how would you rate this, babe? Nine. A nine, okay, so she says it's a nine. So, um, now you know. Say now you know. Now you know. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing supercharger reviews. It's really fun to see superchargers as they are, usually working 100% <laughs> efficiency all the time. Um, so that's great. Thank you so much for sharing those. You can share your reviews at nowyouknowchannel.com, which is our website. All right, let's see what we've got for new superchargers out in the world. 
Got number 28 in Michigan, the 12 stall version 3 in Detroit, Michigan. Number 48 in New Jersey is the 12 stall in Avenel, New Jersey. The 12 stall in Alice, Texas. Number 8 in Mississippi, the 8 stall in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Number 10 in New Hampshire is the 8 stall, 150 kilowatt in West Lebanon, New Hampshire. Number 83 in Texas is the 12 stall in Harlingen, Texas. Number 11 in Louisiana is the 8 stall in Ruston. Number 32 in Georgia is the 12 stall in Albany, Georgia. And number 294 in California is the 12 stall in Castaic, California. Number 137 in Germany, number 846 in Europe, number 3616 in the world is the 18th stall in Wernheim, Germany. Nice. Woo! And you made it to the end of the show, and so did we. And I want to thank all of the amazing patrons scrolling by here. These are people who support us for $5 or more a month. If you want to get your name on the end credits and get a shout-out, you can sign up on Patreon for the $5 level um, or above. Um, and we've got lots of other perks oh, yeah. on the above level. Because, I mean, I'm going to be talking about a lot of stuff with you on the Investor Club bonus stories this week. Yes. A lot of interesting news has taken place. A lot of things to be thinking about. Yes. A lot of ways to make money. Yes. Uh, and we know about them in the Investor Club. So that's a good place to go to uh, invest your money. And I want to thank uh, members of our book club and also the live stream. Uh, we had a great uh, two live streams with our book club and our live stream uh, last week. That was so nice. Uh, we're going to be posting the live stream video coming up very soon. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to have to pick a book soon. So yeah. if you want to choose which book we're going to choose, maybe it's going to be one of Elon's books. You can join us over on the book club and tell us what you think. Yeah. Thank you so much for being part of the show. I really appreciate it. We're coming up on episode 312 in a couple weeks, which is going to be our sixth anniversary show. Uh, and I'm just so excited that we've been able to do this every week. And it's really only because of you. So, I mean, please, please pat yourself on the back if you're already one of our supporters or subscribers because you made this possible. We'll see you next week. Night now. now. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes insomnia brain fog moodiness or weight gain you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging the experts at midi health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause and MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.